0: Later on the show, I'll talk about an example of media bias that we need to be prepared for. But someone recently made a good argument about why conservatism always fails. I'll start there on The True Truax Show. For longtime listeners of mine, that sentence coming out of my mouth is jarring long before I was into theology and the church world. I was a politico. That's how I got to be on radio in the first place. And I would have preached the gospel of conservatism, free markets, free enterprise, strong strong American defense, traditional values. That was the language that I spoke. So for me to say, hey, I heard an argument about why conservatism, that ideology that I so closely align, that was present tense, not past tense, so closely align with why it always fails? It, I'll get to you those details in a in a minute. But at, at, on its face, though, it, it's hard to it's hard to contradict. It's hard to say that tell that person they're wrong. I mean, what have uh, that idea of conservatism saying? The thing that we have is good. Our institutions, our mitigating institutions, are good. We should conserve them. All right. The first mitigating institution is marriage. About half of them end in divorce. We it means it means basically nothing anymore outside of religious circles. It's just a special day you spend hundred thousand dollars on or tens of thousands of dollars on, and you, you feel special for a day, and you make some promises that very few people intend to keep anymore. Our mitigating institution of the family is in shambles because of those divorces. Our education system does not nearly produce the same things it used to. Our arts and entertainment and movies are base and often gross, at least a lot of them. Even our companies and corporations and our relationship to them is not what it used to be. I recently saw the story of a woman who was once a janitor at Kodak. I was in, I think it was in Michigan, the film company. And she worked her way up from being a janitor to being a vice pre- one of the vice presidents and not one of the fake vice presidents. You know how – actually, I'm working with a company right now in another environment where it seems like they have like 30 people that work there and 25 of them are vice presidents of something. <laughs> but I'm talking like a real vice president. You know, we don't have that anymore. Janitors are almost always third-party contractors. You, you hire – Immigrant labor, low-income labor—they're not even connected to the places they clean. They're not connected to the places that they're attached to. Like even that, I've talked about that relationship with BMW and here and here and how they use these uh, temporary agencies. You know, you very rarely even work for your company. You work for the temporary agency who's going to send you to that company and then that company. Even our relationship to the corporations and how those corporations behave and what they're supposed to be in a country or a community they're just not there what did we conserve I think there was there's one major victory where we have not budged and that's the idea of self defense guns are in pretty good shape beyond that what have we conserved I want to I want to walk you through that argument respond to it and sharpen it and then give a brighter vision for what might be even better than conservatism. And that's someone who loves conservatism, who thinks because it was the ideology most closely aligned to biblical thought, it is not perfectly aligned to biblical thought. But modern-day conservatism was the was the ideology most closely aligned to biblical thought. It was the one that would lead to the most human flourishing for the most people, and that's what we want. We love the Imago Dei. We love humans, and we want them to flourish. But if we come into an ideology that is not effective, then we might need to explore another one to affect Imago Day, or excuse me, to affect human flourishing, not just for us, but again, more and more. I think about, like, I I do our kids' ministry, and I'm looking at three and four and five and six and seven-year-olds, and one day they're going to be adults, and they're going to have kids, and they're going to have grandkids, and I want something good for them. So I am constantly in search of how to maybe get some some solid footing in the world that is to come that I won't be around to see so that they can have a good world once we're all gone. We'll start on that in just a second. We're, you're listening to the Cora Act Show wherever you find podcasts. You can find me uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or threads. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, threads? Yeah, that's it. That's the whole list. You can find me. Look for my odd name. Cora Truax, you will find me there. I also get to serve the awesome people of Beachwood Church. Beachwood Church meets at 1030 on Sunday mornings in Greenville, South Carolina. You're invited any given Sunday morning if you do not have a church home would love to have you out. We are in Hebrews for now. And we'll do that for the month of July. And I don't know what we'll be doing once August hits and our our lead pastor is back up doing his uh, his next time in the Word. All right, why well, conservatism fails. You know, I, I said something like this back in 2014, 15, 16. I've been doing this show for 10 years now. I've been doing radio for 16, I think it is now. The culture war was fought and we lost. That's how I said it. Especially 2000, I think that was 15 when Obergefell was decided by the Supreme Court and we had homosexual marriage instituted by fiat, by a court, not by a legislature, but by a court. It said, all right, you, you lost. I mean, the culture war has is over. Now we got to pick up pieces and start something new. So even back then, six, seven years ago, I was thinking, we did lose. This thing called conservatism, it did lose. It lost all the mitigating institutions that give boundary to people. That's what institutions do. They tell somebody, to be a good citizen, you need to do these things. To be a good member of this family, you need to do these things. To be a good contributor to society or a good employee of this kind of place, you need to do these things. And when we lost the mitigating institutions, the only institution left was the self. And the self only knows to please itself. The self only knows to actualize itself, to hold itself up, which has led to most of our madness and our, the insanity of our age. It's just the self is unmitigated. Nothing is telling it no. You ever had a kid like that? You've been around those kids that have not been told no? They, they will run the, the, as savages through wherever they are trying to operate because no one put up a boundary. And what conservatism failed to do was put up any kind of boundary anywhere. And so now a boundaryless people is worshiping itself and creating misery in every, and not just misery, but the, whatever the opposite of excellence is, that which is drab and boring and ugly, that's what it's creating all the way through, all, all the way through the culture. Architecture, art, stories. Uh, me and my my wife finished watching Succession on HBO a couple months ago. I guess. I let me say. I mean, I can't recommend that for everybody. It it was. It gets to me how much they curse. Did not have a lot of other types of content, but the cursing was just. whew, it was like every other word. It ended so badly. That we don't. We're not even capable of telling great stories anymore once the marvel cinematic universe ended its 21 movie arc with endgame even the new marvel movies just don't they don't have that kick that punch of a virtue there was often virtues being celebrated in those movies and it's just not anymore everything is either dull or drab or boring or ugly makes no sense why we have no mitigating institutions. Conservatism failed to hold them up, and so now the self is running rampant. And so I've come across this, this guy. He's a young kid. My understanding is he's a college student. Don't know his real name, but he's gaining an Instagram following. I believe he calls himself the reformed Zoomer. So that's Generation Z. Generation Z often defines themselves, at least in memes, as a contradist- a contra. Most that contrary or contradistinction to boomers, so not our oldest generation. That's the silent generation, but the baby boomers. So he's a zoomer, reform zoomer, and he makes the argument that humanity, the human heart, is not given to holding down the as it hatches, holding down the hatches. It's not driven by. Just keeping what it has, it needs to move forward. It needs progress, and I noticed—I noticed that immediately. It immediately resonated with me, with all the things that I do. I—I I would not be satisfied with a Beechwood Church that did not have some kind of growth. Sometimes that growth has been depth growth. We've been getting deeper, and you can see sin being rooted out. You can see. I, you can see ideas changing. You can see us getting deeper in the faith. Lately, that that growth has not been getting just deeper, although I'm not saying that's not happening, but you've, we've seen numeric growth. We don't like just staying where things are. That's the case with your job. You don't like it when it feels stale, when it doesn't feel like you're actually making some kind of progress. Marriage can get like that. I don't know that yet because I'm still kind of a newlywed, and it's, and so marriage has not been hard yet for me. It's actually just been awesome. But I know a marriage can't stay stale like it's the way that it is, the way you are on a given Friday night together. You just want to keep it that way forever. It can't be satisfying. The idea is that it goes somewhere. Marriage changes me. Marriage changes her. We're going towards a goal together. And a country is the same way. The philosophies of a country are the same way. And so if there is an ideology saying only stick with the stuff, we know what got us here. What got us here was separation of powers. What got us here was checks and balances. What got us here was responsible people who took care of themselves and took care of their families. What got us here was competition and all the things that come with the free market. Let's let's preserve those things. Because the more attractive thing to those not dedicated to the ideology is going to be progress. I mean, I'm given to that. I'm I'm given to my natural inclination is, okay, cool, AI is here. Let's do something cool with AI. I, I don't have enough. I, I, I'm now getting skeptical of AI, but like that's my natural distinction. When we started shooting people into outer space, I was like, yep, cool, doing that. I want to do that. Let's go to outer space, everybody. That's my natural inclination, and it, I think it is for a lot of people. We want to move forward. So the ideas most closely aligned with biblical thinking, therefore human flourishing, failed because they just kept saying to everybody, no, stop, everyone just stop and stay with what we've always done. Humanity doesn't want to do that. It wants to keep going forward. So what do you do? That sent me away from this Instagram post just to think about, well, what can you do? And the reformers came to mind. I don't know who is credited with saying the original always reforming. But that's what you do you You give a positive vision of saying no, we're we can't go back to where we once were. no, we can't stay where we are. we can always be reforming. We can always be assessing where are we right now and how can we how can we be better because we we'll, we will have never arrived a country, a people group, a population, an ideology, a church we will have never arrived. So what are the ways that we could be more faithful to to what for church setting is scripture what's for a people group? what's the ways that we could be even more in line with the things that bring human flourishing? So I, I want to say out loud a couple things. Yeah I'm, that word conservative means a lot of different things in various arenas It means different things in theological circles than it does political circles. For that matter it means different things in your general disposition. conservative people just aren't aren't given to to risk so it's not always in distinction to liberal that word conservative means lots of things in different places what i mean is the idea the ideology that was best available for the preservation of the institutions that lead to human flourishing was probably condemn was always condemned to fail Conservatism was always going to fail because it does not have enough of a of a reformation drive. So, as our culture where where it finds itself in its in its confusion, that's a positive vision we need to put forward that's more appealing, more attractive. We, no, we don't want to go back to what where things were once. There were all kinds of problems in 1950 America. No, no, I don't want to go back. I want to go forward. I have a better vision. A better vision where men love their wives and wives love their husbands and they have children and stay together forever and raise them well. I've got a vision where eventually yeah we we don't why why would we want this faceless monster of a federal government to be in everyone's lives like it is. Man I I don't know what the mitigating steps are in between, but I I want a situation where a community helps take care of itself. I've, I mean we're Guys, we're, I think we're hundreds of years away from that kind of idea, but these are the positive visions to put forward. All right, that's it. Why conservatism Conservatism failed, and how do we do what conservatism was trying to do more effectively, being always reforming people, pointing people towards a better future. All right, two more things. First, I'll remind you, you're listening to the Court True Act Show, wherever you find podcasts, and if you can't tell, I'm stalling to get the air it is the tab I needed up here because I want to play for you some audio. I listen to a, I don't know, fifteen minutes of NPR every day. Get the headlines and get a general idea of what's happening. And I, I like to get a perspective that's not my own. There's no fair perspectives. They tend to be the most fair. But there's a uh, there's a story here going on around around military spending. And the way it is being framed is super interesting to me. It tells us about a a preinstalled bias by the people who tell us the news. I don't even think they know this about themselves. I don't think I don't think there's an agenda in how they tell us the news. I think it's just a it's so deeply embedded as a bias they don't even know that it's coming out. So, I'm gonna play for you a little bit of a story from NPR. And, you know, I I already gave you the the background. you know, I don't think you need any other context. It's about military spending and why a military spending bill is not going forward. This is morning edition, I think, from NPR. I will come back with commentary in just a second. Now we hear from Congress where culture wars are complicating an effort to approve funding for the United States military. You know, the House of Representatives was supposed to vote this week on the authorization of $886 billion to pay for the U.S. military. But some Republicans want to amend the big authorization bill to shape military policy on things such as abortion access, transgender health care and diversity in recruiting. Now, that's triggering a warning from Representative Adam Smith, a top Democrat on the House Armed Services Committee. A small group of people isn't just saying we want to vote on things that we care about. They want to say, if we don't get what we want, we'll tear the whole thing down. Mariana Sotomayor is a congressional reporter for The Washington Post and is covering this. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so how many Republicans are trying to make culture war changes to this bill, and who are they? There are several in the far right. I think that's all we need to make my point. Did you... Get the framing. If we just understand the story the way they told it, here's the story. We're supposed to pass a military bill. Got to have military spending, and there's going to be just these few far right fringe people who are are they are the ones inserting culture wars. They're they are the ones inserting a culture war about abortion, transgender issues, and uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. They're inserting a culture war into a military battle, or excuse me, a military bill. Do you catch it? I think you probably catch it already. They're not the ones who inserted it. It <laughs> also, the guy, the congressman who was speaking there, saying, "You know, there's these people holding holding the bill hostage. It's not that they want to compromise; it's they want everything they want." N- n- no, no, no. We've had a <laughs> a country for two hundred forty something years. I guess I don't remember how many now. Two hundred forty something years, and we've passed about two hundred forty something military spending bills. It's only been recently that you started inserting stuff about paying for abortions for military members if they need to travel across state, if they need to travel from one state to another, reimbursing military members for getting abortions, paying for the hormone treatment and the castration or or ma- mastectomies of, of your soldiers, and funding for programs that have a particular ideological view on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Who's the aggressor here? Who's not willing to compromise? You know who would who would vote for your overinflated military bill if you just took out those things? Those people you don't like. All those all those fringe Republicans. You're the ones who put it in the bill, man. <laughs> like <laughs> you're the aggressor. The default position of a military bill doesn't include funding for reimbursements on abortions sex reassignment surgeries, let's call them what they are, or at least a little closer to what they are, and your 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 version of diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. You're the one holding it up. If you want to pass the bill, just take it out. This happens similarly with the um, entire education wars of the summer of 2021, I guess. People talking about people going to school boards and launching a culture war. No, you launched it. When you put the book in the school with that's supposed to be appropriate for 9- and 10-year-olds that has cartoon depictions of oral sex, you started it. You started it when you brought in the drag queen to dance provocatively. The people who said, hey, you know, this is a podcast. like, so Well, although I am a believer and I need to watch my mouth, I was about to say something a little bit more provocatively because no one can tell me no anymore. I don't have his radio telling me I can't say stuff. The the idea Let me I gotta rein myself back in. Hold on. Okay. The idea that, hey, we should tell your kids about oral sex. <laughs> no, you're the aggressor. And I'm just telling you no, I didn't aggress. You did it. <laughs> we we need to bring in a drag queen for your kid to look at and watch him dance. <laughs> and I said no. I'm responding to your aggression. Same thing with this military bill. I'm responding to your aggression. You're the aggressor. You're the culture warrior. I didn't insert culture war stuff. You did. I am just responded to your culture war. But you see how they framed it. And if you don't have a paradigm by which to sift through that, then you just understand, oh, the folks on the right, they're the aggressors. They're fighting a culture war. They're launching bombs in the culture war. No, we're not. We're responding to what you're doing. That's in part a version of gaslighting. It's, that's overly used therapeutic type term now coming from a book uh, decades ago where a husband is c- trying to convince his wife, wa- trying to drive his wife crazy. He continues to turn down the level of gas in their oil lamp. And so she continues to think, Hey, honey, is it getting darker in here? No, no, it's not getting darker. And every day turns it down a little, little bit more. Honey, I think it's getting darker in here. No, no, you, I definitely don't perceive it's darker. It, it's just you. You sound crazy. At some level, it's the same thing. It's what are, Wait, aren't you guys starting the war? No, it's not us. No, we didn't do it. We didn't stick abortion funding, sex reassignment surgeries, and DEI into the military bill. No, we didn't do that. You guys are just, it's always been there the whole time. You're just getting mad and you're responding to it now. No, that's not true. It's, you're not telling the truth about this. And so I'm just trying to prepare your ears. Ask yourself when there's a question about culture wars going on, ask yourself who started it. Because usually the person who starts it, that's your bad guy. Final thing. I want to learn from something that the California Senate just learned from. Here's the facts of the story and then how we can apply it to our own lives, I think, in a helpful way. There was a, a bill to make child sex trafficking uh, a more severe felony so that the the conviction of someone who was practicing this child sex trafficking would have to get a prison sentence. There, there was no other option. And on first reading and first effort, that bill failed. Just trying to make sure that people who do the one of the worst things you could possibly do are punished. And that bill failed the first time. It's now passed. It's likely to. It's likely to pass the California House, and it's likely going to be signed by the California governor. But there was enough members of the California State Senate who hear folks on the right decry sex trafficking and decry child sex trafficking that talk about the sexualization of children and there was enough people on the american political left in the california state senate that just heard sex trafficking and here's what they know i hate the people who talk about that i think they are not to be trusted i think they're lying about it i know they're wrong because i know who they are and so i am going to stake my position on anything oppositionally i know who i don't like I know who the crazy people are, and I am going to define myself and my decisions by who I don't like. It's so immature, so unproductive. And they made it right. I don't want to, go, I don't want to hit them any harder than we already have. I, I am saying of you, would you be careful of that? When you hear a new idea at work or on the news in your family, When something comes across your feed that's novel or 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 provocative, that you have the maturity and the mind to evaluate it on its merits, not asking yourself, who thinks this? Who's saying it? Who's who does this advantage? Who does this disadvantage? No, 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 don't do that. Evaluate the things you hear and see based totally on their merits. Are they right? Or are they wrong? Does it align with the biblical truth that you understand, or does it not? Don't let what happened to the California State Senate happen to you in your own life. Don't let who you dislike or like. Like That's a problem sometimes in Christian circles. We decide who we trust. And then we get lazy about deciding whether or not to, to fact check them, to challenge when they might be wrong. It can happen in both directions, and I wanted to offer that warning today. Alright, I gotta get back to the rest of my rest of my life and do lots of things to do today. I'm grateful that you listen to the Corey Truax Show wherever you find podcasts. You can find more from me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also email the show at Corey Show at gmail.com. Corey Show at gmail.com. Also the Hebrew sermons are over on that podcast feed as well. We'd love to have you out to Beachwood Church sometime this summer for that. Uh, excuse me, this July, but really anytime time after that. I gotta go, because I'm rambling on now. Thanks for listening to The Court True Act Show. I'll be back with another new edition of the show sometime soon. Don't know when. Until next time, everybody. Peace and love.